Test, 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 one, two, three. That was an accident. I was disliked by many. That was John Adams. If you hadn't heard that podcast, go back and listen to it. But I've been kind of sort of disliked by many lately. Um, so the I had the last podcast was uh, the Georgia Guidestones explode by the hand of God. And I spent an hour probably speaking about that on the last podcast. It was live, and I believe it was working on live. Uh, it appeared to be. And when I downloaded the podcast to uh, to share it with others after to download the, the audio, I went back to listen to it, and there was nothing there. So I don't know what happened, but I th I'm pretty sure nobody, at least in the live, was telling me they couldn't hear me, and they were on with me for an hour. Uh, but anyway, if you're, hopefully you can hear me on here. Uh, but I'm going to go back through the story of the Georgia Guidestones and uh, why I was there, uh, and it, or like we we do on this podcast is compare current events with the Bible, biblical times, what happened, what's the correlation and such. So we're going to be looking at Second Chronicles chapter 14 and Second Chronicles chapter 20, and we're going to see how God and his people take care of uh, satanic, ungodly things. Uh, so first, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Father, Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for what you've done for us, what you've given us. I pray that you would 
uh, bless the podcast and bless everyone that listens. Uh, help us to live for you and grow close to you. Help us to do what's right for you and not for ourselves being selfish or greedy or prideful, but help us to follow you and uh, lead our families uh, the way you would have us to lead our families and be leaders the way you would have us to lead. Help us to step up, be bold, steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And help us to remember that uh, you haven't given us the spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. Help us to live that way. We're thank you, thankful for what you've done. We give you the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. All right. We're going to see. We're going to get into Second Chronicles chapter 14, and we're going to get started here momentarily. Um, the Let me give you the story. Let me go ahead and give you the story of the Georgia Guidestones. Uh, I actually found a video of a doc- documentary, and it's actually video from 1980 when they put it up when it was the um the reveal of the godstones i saw the video or a video clip and it was they had a big crowd there in that field a big stadium around it they the the veil unveiling there was pretty huge um but still, nobody knows who put it up. The name on it is R.C. Christian, but that's not a real name. And there's rumors that the um, Hubbard, the founder of the, the Church of Scientology, is behind putting it up. And that and that he gave instructions to open the time capsule on 2030. And... But I don't know. I can't verify any of that. Uh, but the Lord is revealing things. It's interesting that how in the, the, the current of right now, we are in a, a stressing, a tribulation, a moving, you know, and others call it a great awakening. And we're at a point in the world, because it's global too, the pandemic, you know, is part of this one world order, this great reset. Part of the work, the reset is eliminating masses of people. And they did that through the, the COVID-19 shots. And they've eliminated a lot of people. And there's a lot of people that have taken the shots that are set up to die prematurely to say it plain and simple because of the vaccines because of this agenda that these elites have and these georgia guidestones was something that put it out in the open and plainly said what their goal was it was like it says for the age of reason and the uh, 
the very first the very first commandment that's on there or they're called guidelines the very first guideline says to keep the the population under 500 million and it's crazy what what it's that there's an elite group that wants to do that and we know of like the Rockefellers the Rothschilds and we know of the mobs and things like that and we don't know who's actually behind it but there's elites pushing for a one world order this is the 10 guidestones or our guidelines on the georgia guidestones well they're demolished now praise the lord but here's what they said maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature Guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. Unite humanity with a living new language. And that goes back to the Tower of Babel. Uh, that guideline two, re guide reproduction wisely, sounds like genocide, eugenics, uh, sounds like those vaccines that we've been having to deal with. Guideline four is rule passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. Protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court. Avoid petty laws and useless officials. Balance personal rights with social duties. Prize truth, beauty, love, seeking harmony with the infinite. Be not a cancer on the earth. Leave room for nature. Leave room for nature. And that's the 10 guidelines. Uh, so it's kind of it's plain there. It's a one world order. Their agenda is is global and is elitish. And you, how are you going to keep the population under 500 million unless you're uh, tampering with people's lives? Like eugenics, um, maybe like only having two kids per family. Um, peer pressure, you know, putting pressure on society to only have two kids, making it where both the Parents have to work and neither can stay home and raise the kids. Something like that, maybe. Uh, so, anyway, I cannot remember when I first heard of the Georgia Guidestones. I don't remember, but I haven't known about them for more than uh, maybe a year and a half, I think. Uh, so, I decided I wanted to go see them in person for a while. And I ended up going to see them uh, two months ago. It's a May May twenty first, I think, actually. And I went to go see them. I took drone footage of them because there's rumors, and I actually saw a video from twenty nineteen that showed 
bloodstains on top of the guidestones. It's 19 feet tall, uh, has four monoliths on the outside and one pillar in the center. And each monolith weighs 22 tons. And you can tell in the footage the blood stain, it was red, a stain the size of a human body on the top of this altar. And it's obviously satanic. And I wanted to go see it. I wanted to see if that was true, that there was actually a stain on the top of the this granite, this pyramid blue granite. And so I went and we looked and it's kind of I showed up, got out looking around. It's kind of weird seeing this on the highest point in Elberton County, Georgia, near Lake Hartwell, seeing an altar on a high place in the U.S. And I, it was kind of an eerie feeling. And so I looked at it. I uh, recorded. I've got a video that I recorded there. It's on my Rumble channel, uh, Preacher Josh at Rumble. And if you want to see the, the drone footage of the Guidestones. And took the recording. And then I prayed over the Guidestone. And asked God to, to do his will. And I asked him to destroy the Godstones. Well, at that point, there was already uh, someone that had publicly made known publicly that same sentiment. And it was Candace Taylor running for governor in Georgia. And she said that if she was elected, when. If she was elected, she would first thing she would do would tear down the Georgia Godstones because she knew that they were satanic and it was only an altar to Satan and we needed to tear it down. So she said she would tear them down with a bulldozer if she was elected as governor. So she ran for governor, but there was a lot of shady stuff going on. And so that didn't happen. And... So I prayed over the Guidestones and I left. And Wednesday, that would be the 7th, I believe it was on the 7th, uh, I found at 9 o'clock that morning that the Guidestones had exploded. And so I was excited about that, the Guidestones being blown apart. And... It really doesn't matter how they were blown apart. They were destroyed. And so it ended up that one of the monoliths, it looks like, I still think that it a, was a lightning strike. Some people are saying it was, an, was a bomb attached to that one monolith. And... They haven't. They haven't really. They don't have any suspects. I heard. I heard someone had told me that there was a video of someone running um, to it or away from it at the time, just before, around when it exploded. Uh, but I haven't seen that video. Uh, did like I, I've got the on that video on the my Rumble channel has the video of the explosion, and to me. 
you look at, at the light that's in the background, the light just flares up just before the explosion happens. It flares up. That's telling me it was lightning. An electrical charge hit it. Um, similar to light that you see every lightning strike, you'll see power, the lights and power surge around a lightning strike. That's what happened. What it appears that to me that happened. Anyway, so I found out they were, they exploded, they demoed it, tore the rest of them down. So the guide stones are gone. Um, it had these guidelines, ten, these 10 guidelines were written in eight different languages. Uh, and then there was four unknown languages on the top of it. Um, sh uh, short inscriptions, a short inscription in four unknown languages on the top of it. Uh, so that's kind of the story behind it and how I'm involved with it. And so I have... And at that time, my prayer was as in the days of, I think, Josiah is what I mentioned. I thought I had a video of, of me praying over it, but I didn't have the, I couldn't find the video. Maybe I didn't record it. I just forgot about it. Uh, anyway, Second Chronicles chapter 14. Um, the point being here with this, talking about the guide stones, is that in the U.S., we are clearly a Christian nation, and there's no way around it. You cannot in any way claim otherwise. When the pilgrims landed on this shore and they uh, met the Indians for the first time, and when they had their first Thanksgiving, it was to God. Because God had saved them, they had left persecution, and they wanted a place to worship God freely. They were extremely faithful to God, and they knew who God was, their creator, their maker, their father, um, their deliverer, and they had a relationship with the Indians a good relationship with the Indians there, and they work together. When you go down, get down to our conflict with England and our founding fathers, and in the heat of the battle there, um, Concord and uh, Lexington, and um, you see all the, the dirty deeds that England did against us, the founding fathers understood that they needed to be liberated from a tyrant, and they made that clear. But in every move they made, it was also clear that disobedience to tyrants is obedience to God. And they made, I don't know, hundreds and hundreds of references to God. And they... they declared their allegiance to God in their declaration of independence. And there's no way around it, getting, getting around it. This is a Christian country. It is no other country. It's Christian. Christian country. So 
that has been established a long time for uh, several hundred years now. This is a Christian country. Well, at the same time, the devil is trying to destroy everything good and everything godly. That's why they were fighting. They decided to break away from England because he was a tyrant. Um, but even up to this point now, we are dealing with tyrants. We and When the, the election was stolen in 2020, we now have tyrants in control. And it appears that England never really uh, quit bombarding us. Uh, we have we have those in charge that w that are dictating what they want us to do. This is a constitutional republic, uh, but we now have a dictator uh, or chairman, Chairman Biden, in control, and he doesn't honor God. Although he claims to be Catholic, but he's. I don't think he even, even practice, practices that. They These elites have their own agenda. They don't care what the people, anything for the people or by the people. They don't care about our life or liberty or our pursuit of happiness. Uh, instead, they're making our lives miserable. We're not in a free country anymore since 2020. We haven't been. So you got to realize that this, we're not in a free country anymore. Um, elections aren't going to get tyrants out. According to our own documents, our founding documents, in order to uh, get rid of such people, we have to throw them out. Uh, they even recorded a long train of abuses and the reason why they had to throw off that government, that tyrant. And we have to do the same thing now. We need the people to realize that. And back then there was a third of the people for the people, a third of the people for England, and a third of the people neutral. Um, so if we can get, if it happened then, we can get a third of people now, patriots that understand the truth and willing to correct it then we can get somewhere so back to the georgia godstones that is an altar to satan and there is a lie that is prevalent in these parts that you're supposed to tolerate things because this is america and you are supposed to Coexist, and I've seen the bumper sticker around a lot, coexist, and it has symbols of all kinds of religions. Well, it's another lie from the devil that we coexist with all kinds of religions because this is a Christian country. We're supposed to follow God and his laws, his precepts, his morals. Morality comes from God. We can't just mix it with every other kind of religion. That's a lie straight from hell. And that's why we have been deluded because of that. Christianity has always been the predominant religion. And in fact, it's not a religion. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ, the Son of God. 
We trust him as Jesus Christ, as our Lord and Savior. We repent of our sins, and he restores the relationship that at one point mankind had with God in the Garden of Eden. That's the way it's supposed to be. Uh, so we have a conflict here, and the devil trying to take down the institutions that point us to our Savior. And that's what one of, that's the point of these guidestones to cause confusion. And so let's go to Second Chronicles chapter 14. I'm going to read down to verse 8, I believe. So Abijah slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David. And Asa, his son, reigned in his stead. In his days the land was quiet ten years. And Asa did that which was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. For he took away the altars of the strange gods and the high places and break down the images and cut down the groves and commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers and to do the law and the commandment. Also he took away out of all the cities of Judah the high places and the images and the kingdom was quiet before him and he built fenced cities in Judah for the land had rest and he had no war in those years because the Lord had given him rest. Therefore he said unto Judah, let us build these cities and make about them walls and towers, gates and bars, while the land is yet before us, because we have sought the Lord our God. We have sought him, and he hath given us rest on every side, so they built and prospered. And Asa had an army of men that bear targets and spears out of Judah, 300,000, and out of Benjamin that bear shields and drew bows, 204 score thousand, all these were mighty men of valor. I want to make a quick point there. You know, in times of quiet, you build protection. In times of war, you fight. There's a key difference there. So, while Governor Abbott of Texas should be declaring an invasion, he's letting the letting us be invaded and attacked. We have over 2 million people that have illegally crossed the borders. We are right now, there are masses of people dying in semi trailers because they're being packed like store, like boxes trying to get across the border and they're dying because of the heat. You see, what Asa did in this time of peace was he built walls to keep his city and to protect his people. That's what a good king, a good leader does, is he builds walls. So, let's go back to verse 2. And Asa did that which was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. I cannot say that about this regime that we have now in our country. Um, there is no president. It is a dictator at this time. Like I said, our country has been taken over. There was a coup, and it took place, and they took the, the seat of the president. 
So any elections from this point on, and like I mentioned, the governor's race in Georgia with Candace Taylor proves that you cannot be elected. You are selected. And of course, this has been going on for decades, but it's quite obvious and the people need to stand up and fix it. That's what we need to do. But we have to first trust God as head of this country. And at this moment, we're not. The people are, but the country isn't. So you see why here in the days of Asa, it was quiet, was because he did that which was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. He obeyed God. He obeyed his laws. Speaking of laws, I'm going to go back to Exodus, and I want to read the Ten Commandments. I know we're doing a contrast here. A comparison to the Georgia Guidestones, the Ten Commandments of the One World Order, and the Law of Moses, the Ten Commandments that God gave us to follow. And um, see, the, the devil always has a, an imitation of good. Everything that the devil has is wicked, evil. It is destructive um, everything he has but he makes it look appealing he makes it look attractive it seems to be good it sounds like it's good but the end of it is death it is only a trap it is a snare it is death always so in Exodus chapter 20 if you I uh, want to read that, Exodus chapter 20, and it's verse 1. And God spake all these words, saying, I'm just, hey, I want to say this real quick. I'm glad that we can take God's word, and I believe that it's inspired, that all scripture from the cover, you know, the 66 books in the Bible, it's not just one book, it's 66 different books. And every single book is inspired by God from Genesis to Revelation. It's all scriptures is inspired by God and is profitable for correction, for reproof, for doctrine and instruction and in righteousness that the man of God can be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. I'm glad that that is the case because I can go to Exodus here and it says that God said this and I believe that God said this. And I can read words straight from God, God Almighty, straight from God to me. I can read this and see what he said. What was his opinion of this matter? What did he say? And that, we're going to read what he said. I am the Lord thy God, which have brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. That means don't make any idols. Don't make any guide stones. 
Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For the I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. Think about it. When these Georgia Godstones was put, were put up, that was in 1980. So how many generations have been since 1980? And showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor the stranger that is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. That right there in the Ten Commandments blows anything away about people saying that the creation was an age over an expanse of time, thousands of years or something. It's crazy. Go back to the Ten Commandments. The Lord said he created the heaven and the earth and everything that's in it in six days and rested on the seventh day. Honor thy father and thy mother, that the days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth you. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. I think that that pretty much encompasses everything that we would ever confront. That's, you know, God said exactly what he wanted to say. He meant what he said. Jesus sums it up by saying to keep all the Ten Commandments is this, to love your neighbor as yourself. We need to show the love of God to the world around us. And there's an imitation of the devil. He wants to destroy that. Everything that God made. And if you go back to creation, back to Genesis chapter 1, and we see his creation, every day he said, And he saw what he made, and it was good. Everything he made was good. The devil now, as he did in the garden, what he did was he he pitched an idea that seemed to be good at the moment, but instead brought death. And he 
we had eternal life, we would have never died. But the devil ruined that. But mankind gave in. Adam consented and took on him the consequences of disobedience. That's what we're dealing with now is disobedience. But disobedience to tyrants is obedience to God. We go to Second Chronicles chapter 20. In this chapter, you go through the Chronicles, and we just read chapter 14, or part of it, and we see that those that honored God did everything that was good in the sight of God and kept his commandments, there was the land was quiet. But everyone that disobeyed God, uh, disobeyed him, dishonored him, and erected idols and images, altars to gods, to Baal, to Molech, to Satan, um, all these other devices, there was war. There was trouble. If you think about it, we've been in war for a long time, haven't we? It's probably because we're putting things before God. But when we turn to Him and did good things and obeyed Him and what He told us to do, there was quiet. There was peace. And it still holds true to this moment. And we need to uh, seek the Lord while He can be found. So this in chapter 20 is about that. Trouble comes because as Satan does, he wants to destroy what God made quiet. And it's important for leadership to, to recognize God and understand that if we do it his way, God will deliver us. Remember what Second Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, I will forgive them, and heal their land. I will forgive them of their sins and heal their land. So that's a promise that God will keep. And we see that he kept that promise all throughout the history of Israel. If his people would do what he told them to do, he would step in and correct the problem that they created. Second Chronicles chapter 20, it says, It came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon and with them others beside the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on this side Syria. And behold, they be in uh, Hazazon Tamar, which is in En Gedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah 
in Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court, and said, O Lord God of our fathers, art not thou God in heaven, and rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in thy hand is there not power and might, so that none is able to withstand thee? Art not thou our God, who did drive out the inhabitants of this land before the people of Israel, and gave it to the seed of Abraham thy friend forever? And, and they dwelt therein, and have built thee a sanctuary where, therein for thy name, saying, If, when evil comes upon us as the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we stand before this house and in thy presence, for thy name is in this house, and cry unto thee in our affliction, then thou wilt hear us and help us. And now, behold, the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom thou wouldest not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and destroyed them not. Behold, I say, how they reward us to come to cast us out of thy possession, which thou hast given us to inherit. That sounds just like us in England right now. The land that you God gave us to possess um, freely, so we can worship God freely. They came and we did nothing to them. We didn't attack them. We didn't, um, you know, attack their towns, burn their villages down, rape and pillage. Uh, we left them alone and yet they've come to attack us. He says, Oh, our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do. But our eyes are upon you. Jehoshaphat, the king here at this time, said, There is a great enemy that's come upon us. And I remember the promise that you told us that if we needed help, we could come to you and you would help us. So in this time, we need you to come help us. We don't know what to do. And we look to you for help. That's what he just said. And now, behold, the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom thou wouldest not let Israel invade when they came up out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and destroyed them not. Behold, I say, how they reward us, to come to cast us out of thy possession, which thou hast given us to inherit. But our eyes are upon you. Back down to verse 12. Verse 13. And all Judah stood before the Lord and their little ones, their wives and their children. Then upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jeel, the son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, came the spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. And he said, Hearken, all Judah and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem and thou king Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord unto you, Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow go down against them. Behold, 
They come up by the cliff of Ziz, and ye shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. That is amazing. God tells them through Jehaziel that don't be afraid, don't be dismayed, I will fight this battle. Now why did God say that he would fight the battle? Because Jehoshaphat went to God and said, I can't do this. I need your help. He got on his knees and asked the Lord to help. And he said, this is not your battle, but it is God's. And isn't that really the, the truth about any battle that we have to deal with is in fact that it's God's and not ours? So shouldn't we do it God's way? got to get on our knees, humble ourselves, and pray. Seek his face. Now, we're supposed to be bold, steadfast, unmovable. But we first go to God and see what he wants us to do, and he will tell us. And he's already told us in the Constitution. He's already told us in the Declaration of Independence. Those were wise men that sought God. They got on their knees. They humbled themselves and prayed before him. They confessed their sins before God and said, we need your help. And they decided to do it God's way. Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand, and see the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them for the Lord will be with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And the Levites, the children of the Kohathites, and of the children of the Korites, stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. And they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall ye be established. Believe his prophets, so, so you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord, and that they should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army, and to say, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. For the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir utterly to slay and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, everyone helped to destroy another. 
that God turned the enemy against themselves and they destroyed themselves. And when Judah came toward the watchtower in the wilderness, they looked unto the multitude, and behold, there were dead bodies fallen to the earth, and none escaped. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil of them, they found among them in abundance both riches with the dead bodies and precious jewels, which they stripped off of themselves, or stripped off for themselves, more than they could carry away. And they were three days in gathering of the spoil. It was so much. And on the fourth day, they assembled themselves in the valley of Barakah, for they there they blessed the Lord. Therefore, the name of the same place was called the valley of Barakah unto this day. Blessing. That means blessing. Then they returned every man of Judah and Jerusalem and Jehoshaphat in the forefront of them to go again to Jerusalem with joy. For the Lord had made them to rejoice over their enemies. They know they can, God will do the same thing with us here if we do what he has called us to do. You know, if we obey him, keep his commandments, uh, seek his face, turn from our wicked ways and do what he has already directed us to do. With our country, he will step in to take over for us and he will wipe the floor with our enemies and he will destroy them. But we got to do it his way. And they came to Jerusalem with psalteries and harps and trumpets unto the house of the Lord. That's a key thing is that we need to praise God for his mercy endures forever. He is God. He's on the throne he uh he's in control he's in charge he is the he's the one with all the power anyway he's the one with the foresight he's the one with the knowledge he is after all our creator and our heavenly father so we need to praise him notice how powerful music is they glorified god see how the lord is pleased with music he said and when they began to sing and to praise the lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir. When they began to sing praises to God, God moved. He worked. And they came to Jerusalem with psalteries and harps and trumpets unto the house of the Lord. And the fear of God was on all the kingdoms of those countries when they had heard that the Lord fought against the enemies of Israel. So the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet, for his God gave him rest round about. You know, there was a time that this country was in that position, and all the countries around feared our country because God stood and fought our battles. That's what happened in the Revolutionary War, because we were outnumbered. Almost 10 to 1. But God fought our battles. So we see now there's a lot of turmoil, a lot of stress, a lot of war. It's because our government has turned their back on God and that they have instigated many wars around us and caused 
the American people to believe that it was a just cause. And we had, were led to believe that, and we went to war thinking we were righteous in our endeavors. When the truth is that many times these wars were instigated by America and its government. And the countries around the world know the truth. They know what happened. They know that they were taken advantage of this country by this country. And so there's countries that want to retaliate and set the record straight, so to speak. And it's against us. We were the antagonizers and we don't even know it. But other countries want to level us because of what our government has done to other countries. And so the fear of our country, because God was on the throne, is no more. So there's nothing stopping any other countries from destroying us because they see that we've been compromised. They see that we have incompetence in office. And that's part of the plan is to destroy America so that and, and for us to be invaded. And it appears that this regime is setting us up to be invaded. They shut down the pipelines, I think three, shutting down refineries. Uh, we've had over 100 food processing plants destroyed this year. And that may account for some last year, but that is not normal. At one place, there was 10,000 cattle died simultaneously. That's not normal. I don't care who says it is. It's not normal. Our supply chain is a wreck, so we can't get uh, goods. So say like out west, they want some food from here. How are they going to get it if if we run out of diesel and there's no trucks on the road to get food to them. There's going to be masses of people in cities dying because they can't get food because there would be no way to get it to them. And there's going to be a lot of chaos, but it's deliberate. They want to destroy us, destroy our country. So it's high time we get on our knees before the Lord and come to him, seek his face, humble himself, pray, and talk to God before it gets any worse. We see that the days were quiet when they, they did what was good in the sight of the Lord and kept his commandments. So I pray that for us now, that's still possible at this time. I pray that we will get people in leadership that will serve God and honor him and honor his ways. So we're going to close out this podcast with that. That's what we're going to pray. That's our prayer now is that God will fight our battles. We don't want to fight, but we don't want a regime 
in control. We don't want anyone dictating to us what to do and how to live. We are a free people. God has given us freedom. He has liberated us, especially through the shed blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. He's made us free. He's given us eternal life. Let's keep it that way. Dear Father, Lord, we thank you for today. We're thankful for your many blessings. We're thankful for this time that we're able to um, have a conversation here on your word, be able to, to, to study your word, seek your face. And as we see imitations that the devil puts up, help us not to be deceived by the devil and his deceptions, his fiery darts, understanding that there's spiritual wickedness in high places. And we have to tear them down. We have to destroy them. We cannot tolerate sin. We cannot tolerate wickedness. That includes this um, pride month that we just had. That includes this CRT in schools. That includes uh, the CPS, um, the child trafficking we can't tolerate this, and because we've tolerated it is why our country is in the shape it's in. Forgive us for that, and forgive me where I failed you. Help us to stand up, be bold, work for you, please you, and honor you in what we say and what we do. Help us to uh, share your word with love, compassion, meekness not weakness help us to flip tables when we're supposed to do it and not go find a corner and hide but be like jehoshaphat which came before you and said lord i don't know what to do but i look to you for help thank you for what you've done give you the glory and the praise in jesus name Amen.